Okay, welcome to episode 9 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh, as always, joined by my co-host Sixten Funquist. And Sixten, how are you this morning? We should mention recording uh, on May 1st, Friday. It's morning to you. It's more like lunchtime for me. Yeah, you have kids. You're up early. Kids, yeah. I woke uh, up like 30 minutes ago. Are we allowed to use the F-bombs? <laughs> but, um, I'm doing fine, actually. Well, that's um, good. Um, and... Despite the fact that there's no hockey right now, there's a lot of activity going on in it the is. hockey world. Yes. Lots of transfers, lots of extensions, lots of players moving around, uh, a couple of which are heading to the NHL next season, yes. or at least going to try their hand yes. at making an NHL team. But where do we want to start off? Uh, maybe Lexand? Yeah, maybe Lexand. But let's just... I'm listening to another couple of podcasts, like NHL podcasts, yeah. and they're having trouble in pronouncing the Swedish names, obviously, <laughs> with, with, with what's going on, so... Well, honestly, when I first moved here, I was a little bit concerned about that because, you know, I was going to have to be pronouncing these names quickly. And, yeah. And uh, I honestly, I, it's it, there's not a lot of names that are hard to pronounce. I guess they're not pronounced properly in Swedish, but, you know, Peter Forsberg exactly, yeah. is Petter Forsberg well, in that's Swedish. that's really good, yeah. And so, obviously, like, if you're anglicizing the names, yeah. they're pretty easy to pronounce. So, and we've gone through this before. I'll be trying to do the Swedish pronunciation to a greater extent just yes. to give a uh, like a balance to it but if any listener has any complaints let's just change it but I think no I think a, I think it's nice because you say the kind of the Swedish exactly. way of saying it yeah. I follow it up with the English way of saying it and we can have you practice exactly which is what we're gonna do with one of the signings today okay. someone leaving for the Red Wings but let's ah, yes. uh, let's head over there because I was listening to the Wing Wheel podcast which you haven't listened to yet not yet is, which is awesome they're really good and they've got well they're Red Wings fans and they've got nothing else to share for so they're looking into <laughs> to looking into to the prospects and they're yeah, they, have, they had almost three decades of success okay it's they, about they, time that, that is true yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I like a, a, a nice rebuilding project in the NHL because yeah. you can you can't really get uh Denoted or like, yeah, so you exactly. can really do the rebuild, and therefore I'm following the Red Wings uh, quite quite um, closely now. And well, they're they're having a field day with all the prospects, so yeah, let's help them out with some pronunciations. Where do you want to start? Uh, Merrick, Gr- Merrick Rivik, yes, uh, top scorer for Lexan this season, and was it extends for two years. Two now? years, yeah, yeah. And this is a really nice signing. Well, Lexan is a statement signing, I'd say. Um, also, we should mention that I should mention that we we're not going to try to rush things. Now we could actually deep dive into a few of these. We had we got. Yeah, know. this might be a long episode. Yeah, because we also do have an interview coming have, up yeah. uh, with uh, Uffe Bodin. Yes, head uh, head of Hockey Sveria. Oh, I mean Hockey Sverige. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, we had a nice chat with Ufe on uh, well, pretty much anything regarding hockey. Yeah, and he's a very knowledgeable person. Is, we yeah. uh, we talk about some of the young guys that are expected to go in the draft this year, um, and just generally talk about the league. And well, Ufe is is getting well known in North America as well. He's been around uh, well around the block, so to speak. And I know he made a one or two. Uh, guest appearances on the PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich, which is really, really cool. Perfect. Uh, oh, no. Hang on. Where's that dumb decision? I can't remember who has it. I'm not sure. But anyways. Uh, anyway. Getting back to Marek Rivik. Sidetracked. Marek Rivik. Uh, really good signing for Lexan to get him locked down for at least the next two seasons. Yes. Uh, like I mentioned, he led Lexan 12 goals, 18 assists for 30 points in 46 games in his very first 
season here in the SHL. And honestly, he's 28 years old. I would expect him to just get better for the next two years. The thing is with Mark Rivik is uh, he he needs players to play with him because mm-hmm. he can't pull the Lexan along by himself. I'm ex- I would say that they were expecting Patrick Sacrisson to produce more. He only had uh, seven goals and. Oh, Jesus Christ, he only had 7 goals and 14 assists in, in 51 games, which is way below what's been expected of him. But to be fair, basically all of Lexand was struggling that this is season true, for but, a number of reasons. But, but names like Rivik, uh, Spencer Abbott and Patrick Sakterson, they, they need to be on, in a league of their own. And uh, they need to step up. Yeah, the, they need to be the guys that you know are the ones that you can rely on yes. night in and night out. You need your big players to be your big players, especially when you're a team in like Lexan trying to establish yourself. Especially oh. now that they've you know gotten their golden ticket. Exactly. Uh, but Rivik is a is a nice signing. He had 122 shots on goal, which is That's really good. good. Um, if they can find, I don't know. They he, I don't think he needs two players to play with him because the, there are, there's talent in the team. Mm-hmm. But if they can find, you know. Just someone to 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 like give him the puck or for him to to dish it to, he'll be awesome because during stints in the season he was I mean just excellent. Yeah, he's a, he's a nice when he breaks through, no matter on the what side, he always creates chances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, he has a nice backhand as well, which is yeah. Uh, well, we saw him score a few pretty nice backhand yes. goals this season. And, um, yeah, he's got good vision on the ice. He's a pretty good playmaker as well. So That's a nice signing with Lexan. And a two-year deal says a lot. Yeah. I, I'd say there's a release clause if they get uh, relegated. But now that they've changed the system in how to get promoted and relegated, Lexan is a bit more safe. So yeah. it's a nice signing of Lexan. And not the only thing that Lexan has done. Yeah, no. Uh, they uh, they got their infected move completed. To is that them. a lost in translation? Infected move? Yeah, it's a, no, well, it's an effective move, so to speak. Yeah, it's, I think that's a lost in translation. Uh, how would you say in English? It's um, it's not one of the nicest things because they're, they got a new coach. Yeah. And Bjorn Hellqvist and... Hellquist was under contract with Modo. Right, so it was kind of a controversial. It's more than controversial because it's they he straight up said while being scandalous. Yes, I'd say so because uh, he actually fought his way out of his contract with Modo, which is, I mean, that's it's not. It's a no no. It's a no no. He basically said, "I'm done here," having just signed a new multi year contract, which is he puts his current employer in the shits, really. Yeah. well, Lexan wants him, so that's... I mean, yeah. what are you going to do if you want someone? You want someone. I can't really blame Lexan, uh, but at the same time, I can blame Lexan. Yeah. But it is sort of the survival of the fittest, and if Modo releases him, well, there you go. Might as well pick that's him it. up. But then again, he had a nice... <laughs> there was a nice quote at Hockey Sverry, actually, where... Uh, oh, I need to pull it up. I'm sorry. You might, you might have to cut this, but... Uh, I just read it, and it's so. I'm gonna pull it up. Uh, there was an interview with Hulkvist the other day at Hokusaya, and uh, he said the following. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna freely translate this. Yeah. When uh, the Lexand management uh, called, how was you, what went through your mind basically? I took a day or two. This is Bjorn Hulkvist to think about it. Uh, the five and a half hours it takes for me to drive to Lexan from Engelholm, he's, li- he's living in the south of Sweden, yeah. is much less than the 12 hours it takes to drive to Ankos Week. 
which is fair. Yeah. Only trouble is, looking at Google Maps, it's seven hours. It's a seven-hour drive, so he cuts 90 minutes by driving. The speed he must cameras... be driving real fast. Yes, so the speed cameras <laughs> will have just... lots to do during, between Engelholm and Lex on this coming season, I'd say. So that's a nice uh, way of putting it. Um, anywho. Moving on, um, like I mentioned, a couple of players going to the NHL or at least signing entry-level contracts uh, with a couple of teams, first of which Matthias Bromea. Yeah, oh, you almost got it, Bromea, yes. Leaving uh, Oribro yes. uh, to go to the Red Wings organization. Yes, this is a nice signing for the Red Wings, I'd say. I mean, Bromea had uh, 40 points, I believe, in the SHL. Came, well, we also we were talking about it over text the other night, and this guy has gone from Division One. To an NHL contract, which is the third league, which is third tier league, to an NHL contract in the span of what three Six. three seasons, is four it? seasons, four seasons maybe. So that's I mean it's insane. Yeah, and he he really had just a breakout season this year. He had forty three points, I mean seventeen goals and twenty six assists in Örebro, who did struggle. Oh, and uh, my apologies, he actually never mm-hmm. did play Division One. He was in Allsvenskan. back in two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen. But yeah, he has just um, his first year in the SHL was just. Two seasons ago, and ever since then, he has drastically improved every season since. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know what? I wish him all the best of luck in Detroit. I'd love to see him get some success in the NHL. You know, the only disappointing part is he's not going to be able to sell Porsches anymore. That is true. He was, But he goes to Motown, so they could hook him up This as is well. true. Because, yeah, if, if you didn't know, I uh, actually had an interview with him earlier in the season, and I just asked... You know, what do you do when you're away from the rink to occupy your time? He's like, I sell Porsches. And I was like, I'm sorry? It's like, Porsches, you know, the cars? I sell them. I was like, oh! <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> Which is kind of cool, actually. <laughs> is, yeah. So, uh, any Red Wings out, uh, fans out there, look out for the guy in the Porsche. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, he's. Uh, I really like his style of play as well. He's pretty solid skater, good puck handler. Um, and he's not bad, actually, defensively as well in his mm-hmm. own end. No, he's a, he's a really 200-foot player, really. Yeah, exactly. So, um, And yeah. the Red Wings need depth scoring. If they can get, I don't know, 5, 10, maybe 12 goals out of him, that's excellent for the Red Wings to have this coming season. And like I said on the Wing Wheel podcast, I mean, they need the competition. Yeah. Because if had he been a player uh, for the top six, he wouldn't be playing with the Red Wings. Exactly. Uh, I believe also they said, and I haven't got this verified, that the other team looking for him was the Canucks. Trying to sign him. Yeah, I did hear that as well. Oh. Um, but hey, that's a good segue. Speaking of the Canucks. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> no. uh, the young Niels Hoaglander from yes. Rogla has signed a three-year entry-level deal with the Canucks. Um, which I don't think comes as a surprise to anyone. Uh, he was, um, I guess, kind of a steal in, in the draft two summers ago for the Canucks organization. Dropping to 40th overall in the draft. And uh, yeah... Having watched him obviously play here in the SHL, I'm really excited to see what he can do with the Canucks. Um, obviously, the Canucks have a very young lineup, a lot of young talent on that team. and They're all, getting deeper as well. And they're getting a lot of depth, exactly. And although I don't think he'll make the big squad in the coming season, I have heard he has uh, a Euro clause in the contract that would allow him to return to Sweden really? if he doesn't make the Canucks. We should have asked... Uh... Another guest coming up about that because we've got a nice lineup for next week as well. Exactly. We did not ask him that. We, we did, did not. talk about it. Yes. Anyway. Anyways, but uh, yeah, so if he doesn't make the big team next year, I would not be surprised if he comes back to Rogla. Um, but at the same time, 
he would probably be, you know, a first call up if somebody in the top yeah. six for the Canucks goes down. And he could very well use the time to adapt to a smaller rink. Exactly. So, so he might play in Utica, might play in Rogla. I would love to see him in the Canucks starting roster yeah. on opening night, but I don't think he's quite there just yet. No. But you never know. He could adapt quickly. He could have a great showing in, in camp, and you never know. They it, might, they might, they there, might, they, they, they might let him, you know, play, play, the, play the first, otherwise. first eight or nine games. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's once you play ten games, you get paid the full yes. yearly salary. So. Or they, you burn one year of your contract. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. And uh, how, how many do you need to be considered for Calder? Bull. I think it's thirty, maybe thirty or twenty-five. Yeah. Can't Anyways. Remember. So that's a nice. Well, actually, what uh, one more thing on Hoglander. Uh He needs to shapen up his uh, temper. Yes, we have touched on that before, um, but you know, I, I I think it's just you know he's a young guy. Yeah, only eighteen years old. Um, he's got a lot of growing and maturing to do, obviously. But um, yeah, if he he's able to get his uh, temper in check because uh, I think we had mentioned it on a, on a previous episode. Um, obviously, the uh, incident with him throwing a bit of a flying elbow against a Lulia player. You do that in the NHL, somebody else is going to hurt you. Yes. Um, but I think also him coming over as a young guy from Sweden with the Canucks having a Swedish pedigree, obviously, yeah. with Elias Pettersson in the lineup, he could learn a lot. Absolutely. So that's. I a, wouldn't be surprised if you know um, if he does make the lineup, they pair him with Pettersson on the road for roommates kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Oh man, I, I miss hockey. Me too. Jesus Me too, man. Christ. All right, let's move oh. on. Yeah. Nolan Zajac. Yeah, he's back with Oscar Sand. Yes. He had one hell of a season in Norway. I think he won the scoring title. Uh, <laughs> he signed a one-year deal with Oscar Sand. Yep. Coming back, um, having left prior to this season. I think Oscar Sand made another signing. I'm going to look that up. And if you recognize that name, Zajac, no surprise. Travis Zajac, his brother, long-time New Jersey Devil. Yeah. Uh, could you? Do you have his stats? Nolan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he came over. Well, obviously, he had one season in Oskarshamn with Anal Svenskin. Mm. But yeah, he w- went over to Norway to, I guess, kind of boost his confidence. And he did. And absolutely, 44 games played, 46 assists, and 12 goals for 58 points. And so, was that enough to earn him Player of the Year? No. But he did have most assists overall, most assists by a defenseman, obviously, and most points by a defenseman. And, well, when he played for Oscar Schumann and Allsvenskin, he also had most assists and most points by a defenseman, which obviously helped get Oscar Schumann promoted. Yes. Um, he might not be a new, a new Cody Curran, but uh, he will probably make a statement in the SHL this season. Uh, absolutely. It's a one-year deal, so if he makes it... Kind of a trial. See what also happens. that, but if he, succeed, he has great success, he'll be out of here. This is true. And so. that's kind of the... <clears throat> Double-edged sword of the yeah. SHL. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and the danger of signing one-year deals, obviously. Anyway. Uh, Moving on. Well, sticking <clears throat> with Oscar Schaum, I guess. Yes. They added a new goalie coach in uh, Robin Bilstrand. Just putting it out there. I don't know much about him, but good for them. There's adding to their staff. We talked about Matthias Chankvist the other day. And yeah. Yeah, they're broadening and deepening their, their club. Well, and uh, you know with Joe Kanata coming in. Yeah, they've got a new goaltender. Tex Williamson also is—I uh, love that name. <laughs> and oh, I, I was really surprised when I first heard his name. And obviously, Williamson, big Swedish last name. Yeah, but Tex, Tex is awesome. It's—it's it's a great, a great name, but not something you'd expect from a Swede. But yeah, he's—he's um, 
I, I guess he's had his struggles in the SHL. Um, this was really his first full season. He started off really good, uh, and then he got well shelled in that twelve nothing game. Yeah, and that does a number to anybody's confidence. Yes. But uh, yeah, it was really his, yeah, it was first full season here in the SHL. Did you know? I'm sure that most of the Swedish hockey fans did know. But when Texas Williamson was in with Lexan, he won a million Swedish crowns in a t- in, on a TV show. Really? Yeah. There's a like a, it's called Bingo Lotto. Do you know of it? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we do that for the one you do for Christmas. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we do we do that every year. That used to be quite big, and it goes. I think it goes on Saturdays to Sunday or whatever now. Yeah. And he called in and won a million Swedish crowns. That's amazing. <laughs> Does it go every Saturday? I don't know. Not an, it used to be like because we only we only do it uh, well we did it for Christmas and then New Year's as well this oh, year. Oh really? It usually goes once a week, and I think. Well, yeah, I, I think it's kind of fun because yeah. it's like I don't really understand anything, so we just kind of mute the TV <laughs> once the bingo's done, and then turn it back on once bingo comes on. But anyways, yeah. So he called in in a couple of years back, and it was uh, he got a million Swedish crowns. Not bad so for a phone call. No. <laughs> um, all right, who do we have next? Oh, well, this one came as a bit of a surprise. Yeah, Manuel Ogren, he extended his contract with Jurgården. Uh, he was voted the rookie of the year in the SHL and yeah. also the like the rookie of the year with Jurgården obviously. Um he was rumored to sign with HP71 which came out of nowhere, but reliable sources uh, I think it was Johan Svensson which is There was also some talk of maybe him going abroad as well, wasn't there? Mm, or am I thinking of someone else? You might be thinking of someone else. Yeah, I haven't I didn't yeah. hear anything, but I heard a rumor. I think it was Johan Svensson. I don't want to put his name out there if I'm wrong. But, well, too late now. Well, yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> I mean, don't hold me to it. Yeah. Um, well, someone came with the the information that he was on his way to sign with HP seventy one, which would have been a massive deal for for HP seventy one. Obviously, yeah. with Organin having a great season. But yeah, he's a Jurgen player through and through, and yeah, that fits the mold really. Well, we've still got a lot of stuff to go through as far as players we and do. stuff, but uh, maybe we should take a break here and send it over to the interview with Uffe Bodin. Yes. All right, well, we'll get back to it. Um, I don't know, I think it was like a 38, maybe 40-minute interview. It's, it's really good. So um, enjoy the interview, Uffe Bodin of Hockey Sveria, and uh, we'll pick it up right where we left off after that. Uh, our guest today is, uh, well, he's the podcaster himself, actually. Uh, he's the head of HockeySveria.se. He works with EP Ringside at EPProspects.com. Well, he's, he's got the best beard in Swedish journalism, and it's also the Swedish Jeff Merrick. So welcome to the show, Uffe Bodin. Thank you very much, Sixten. I like the part about Jeff Merrick. <laughs> My beard is not so thick anymore. My girlfriend, actually, she kind of forced me to uh, take it down a notch. She thought it was too long. Like I looked like a caveman, and she was probably right. So Last time we met, you had it, I don't know, a couple of centimeters out at least. Yeah, I think actually Dave's beard is better than mine right now. Oh, I actually shaved it clean off uh, about a month and a half ago, which was like the first time I had shaved in, I don't know, five years. And I, I didn't really like how I looked, so I grew it back. <laughs> yeah, I think we've seen a lot of quarantine beards these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had to remove mine this Saturday because it started itching, and my son didn't recognize me, so he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> which was a problem. That's a bad sign. <laughs> it is, yeah. I should do my shading more often. So how are you holding up in this very weird time? Yeah, well, it's it's boring. Like, uh, I had a lot of stuff planned this uh, 
this spring i was going to uh, edmonton i was going to toronto i was going to the world championships in switzerland and now i've been sitting here for the past uh, month and a half uh, just working from home and yeah i don't feel sorry for myself i i shouldn't but it's still it's kind of a hassle because there was so much so many thing uh, fun things to look forward to when it comes to hockey so uh, yeah it's a bummer for sure what were you planning on doing in edmonton so uh, i have a bunch of friends there and we uh, we usually arrange uh, nhl trips um people go with us and and we'll show them a good time because i know so many local people that uh, can open up uh, possibilities that you know you wouldn't be able to get otherwise so uh, yeah we would go there uh at the end of march and we would have watched uh, the oilers play three games at home yeah and i was gonna see the last two regular season games in in toronto as well but uh yeah too bad yeah fair enough maybe we get a chance this summer or you get a chance this summer depending on how, how the regular season what happens, finishes yeah. Yeah, you never know if they're gonna let journalists in. I'm not sure about that either. It's a lot of, a lot of question marks at this point. It is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even like I'm from Vancouver originally, and as a Canadian citizen, I'm allowed to go back to the country. It's getting to the country that's a challenge because right now nobody's flying there, right? So. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's all locked down basically. Yeah, I was looking at. I, I like to look at flight radar from time to time. Yeah. And usually it's like fifteen thousand planes in the air right now. And when I was looking this morning, there were three thousand planes. Yeah. Which is insane. Anyway, we're we're supposed to talk about hockey, not not airplanes. Um, and this I I don't know this. What made you go into hockey in the first place? Uh, first place. Okay. Uh, well, I used to play when I was a kid. Uh, and um, yeah, I around i don't know maybe when i was 12 or 13 uh i think i had like a like a revelation when it came to hockey like uh, the nhl uh, i had followed the nhl from afar but you know with the video games that sega made uh, and then ea sports games uh and also like the hockey cards that kind of revolutionized uh, things for me and also a magazine called pro hockey that i know that you've been doing stuff for as well before it sadly uh was turned into the grave but uh so yeah i think those three things uh made a huge difference uh for me personally when it comes to hockey so i, I started to get more interested in just playing the game i was got interested in the nhl i get interested in the swedish elite league as it was called at the time and uh yeah uh i just found it interesting and, and fascinating to to write about the sport too so when i was about 16 i started to to write for these independent websites just to to get uh, yeah just to to start something and and then just been kind of rolling and i i uh, i got an education as a journalist and that obviously helped so yeah uh, ever since then everything's just been rolling in a really fast pace and here i am today so I, i've been lucky and blessed that way now you've obviously been covering the SHL for uh, some time now. Um, what what are some changes that you've noticed in the league over the years? Um, obviously now it's it's kind of a more competitive league. It's producing a lot of young talent. But um, you know, a decade or so ago, um, did you expect the league to get to this point? Uh, I mean, both yes and no. I mean, I think uh, uh, like the biggest difference for me, you know, just maybe these past ten years when I've been covering the league is. It's just 
how much faster it is today like uh so much faster like the speed used to be fairly good but today it's like a racetrack almost and i think to some degree uh we lost kind of the the fun in the game in sweden that way because it's, it's generally too much speed and not enough intelligence so to speak because the problem to me, for me today is that we have lost so much talent. I mean, it's not only that we have like 150 players in North America. We also have a bunch of players in Switzerland. We have a re- bunch of really good players in Russia. So, I mean, the quality of the average player in the SHL today is probably not as good as it used to be. But at the same time, I think uh, it just, uh, I mean, just the way that Swedish hockey keeps producing good players, I mean, it's still... The SHL is still a really good league, and that's impressive considering how many good players that we lose every year. Yeah, we actually had um, a listener question about that, is uh, how SHL teams can maintain those those players. But uh, obviously, without the kind of money that the Russian League and the Swiss League are throwing at these players, that's, that's just kind of going to be, um, I guess, a bit of a problem for us, uh, Swedish teams. Yeah, but I mean, I think... Uh... The, the biggest difference also when we talk about what, what's happened for the past uh, 10, 15 years is also like you mentioned, like the, the youth revolution. And I mean, the Swedish, uh, the Hockey Federation deserves a lot of credit for what they've done. And the, also the teams, like when it comes to uh, uh, building talent through education and, and just the way that they've been able to to give uh, young players the chance to play in the top league because like if you go back 10 15 years ago like there were not a lot of junior players actually getting a shot at, at playing the way they are now so i think it's it goes both ways like it, i mean the federation has done a marvelous job at you know preparing uh, players through through their uh, end like with with the different national teams uh, and everything and and also the the club teams has done an excellent job in you know just producing talent after talent after talent let's let's use this as a transition into the drafts the upcoming draft whenever that is uh, using uh, well every your everyday north american fan no well, Alexander Holtz and Lucas Riemann and probably Noel Gundler as well. Let's get back to him in, at a later point. But who do you see as a Swedish like diamond in the rough this coming draft? So a player, I, I actually haven't seen too much of him because he's uh, only played uh, under 20 this season. It's uh, Theodor Niederbach in Frölunda. Uh, the, the interesting thing with him, he's a, he's a really skilled centerman, but he actually, he didn't play one single game during the 2018-19 uh, season because he had a knee surgery before the season. So he was kind of a wild card. I remember seeing him in, in Tevepukken, the, the big tournament for uh, 15-year-olds here in Sweden when he played for Ongermaland. And he he really stood out like this smart, really uh, fun, uh, creative uh, centerman uh, with a really nice, uh, you know, touch with the puck and everything so but he he had his uh, really serious knee injury last year and uh, he missed the whole season so I think going into this season you you weren't really sure what he was going to be but he plays for Froland now and he was I think he was exceptional for from what I understand and especially considering missing a whole season in a you know in this age when you're like you you 
it's such an important age, like uh, development-wise, and he didn't play one single game, and he still managed to have a really strong season. And I think uh, that says something about him. I mean, one thing is character, obviously, but the other thing is like he's really talented. So I, I think he could be a diamond rough, because like uh, it's going to be really interesting to see w w where he is when he is, uh, you know, ha has reached more of a uh, a better fitness level and, and you know when he is caught up uh, I think he could be a player for the Swedish World Juniors team next year actually Now coming into this season uh, both Alexander Holtz and Lucas Raymond were expected to go top five top eight maybe after this season Do you still expect that to happen? Uh, it's hard to tell it all depends on who you ask. I mean, I, I haven't watched them play every single game this season but um, I hear some people are disappointed in what they've done other people are impressed uh, and some people say it's basically what they expected so i mean it's really hard to tell but if you look at for example lucas raymond i think he was the the big star going into the season that the one that people really had high demands from but i mean he's not played a whole lot in Frölunda, to be honest like i think he has uh, you know been mostly having fourth line duty and uh, if there were injuries he might get uh odd shift on the power play here and there uh so it's it, i think it's been hard for him to to really uh you know make a statement uh, on the other hand you can you could say but yeah but he's talented he should he should have taken more of a responsibility but i think froland had a pretty rough season i mean if you uh if you look at what they did after winning the champions hockey league title which was obviously a really a great thing for the team to do that once again but they had some really tough months in in the SHL and I think when when you know when things get tough like that I think it's hard for a coach like Roger Renberg to to put out uh 18 year 17 18 year old on the ice in in tough situations then you probably rely more on your veterans so I think had Froland had a better season than in the SHL than, than they had he probably would have played more I would assume so we'll see, but I still think uh, I still think he should be a top ten pick, and I still think uh, Alexander Holt should be a top ten pick uh, because I think they both uh, have things in their games, attributes that really could make them difference maker in 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 the future. Let's get back to Noel Gundler because uh, you look, you know, reading a lot of like fan sites and and also listening to NHL fan podcasts throughout the league. Many were, are kind of keen on him, but a few have voiced concern of him over him being uh, a Ryan Merkley, so to speak, you, with a, a problem with the attitude. Maybe could you see that making him drop in, in the in the draft, or do you agree with that statement? Uh, I don't know. Like I haven't ever heard anyone say anything bad about him that way. But there were a lot of curiosity, obviously, when uh, both when I think it was the under eighteen team last year that won the gold like he didn't make the team and he was like clearly one of the most talented players in his generation uh, in Sweden so you obviously that made you turn your head and wonder what what's up with this and uh, what you heard was that they wouldn't say anything from from I mean the the the, the manager side or, or the coach side but what People were saying that some it had something to do with his attitude, but I never actually heard anyone say it out loud that he's got a bad attitude. So it's really hard to know 
if that's really the case. Uh, but talent-wise, is he a first-rounder? Absolutely. So I think if you just look at him as a hockey player and, and you know what he brings to the table, I would be really surprised if someone didn't take a flyer on him in the first round. But it's the same thing with him. I mean, he's played um, limited minutes in the SHL. He's been up with the team, I think, most almost the whole season. But Lulio was obviously was a top team in, in the SHL. So they had some really good veteran forwards on that team. So it, it was just as with uh, Lucas Raymond, it was hard for him to to uh, to you know get the chance to play regular minutes. Let's. Let's move on from the draft. Maybe we don't want to take your entire day here, but um, let's focus on the past well, regular season. Unfortunately, not only not the complete season. How would you rank the what? What made you? What stuck out from the regular regular season in the SHL? Would you say this season? Oh, it's been so long. I can't even remember. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, uh, I just think uh, what really stood out for me. Uh, was probably you know maybe the disappointments like we I mentioned Furlander before but we also had Brynäs a, a team that I had I, I didn't you know think they were going to be a top team in any way but seemed like they for sure would be a playoff team and they really really struggled um, so that was that was I mean some of these disappointments are, are probably uh, what really stands out for me, uh, a team like Brunas, a team like Frölunda, Linköping. I, I think we all expected Linköping to have a bit of a down year because it, it was kind of a sort of a generational thing where they uh, didn't have the, the kind of money that they usually had and they couldn't you know buy all the star players that they usually do. But uh, I still think they managed to to get better during the season. I think uh, you you went to a lot of game six, as you could probably say this more with more accuracy than I can. But I think they they kind of ended the season on a pretty good note. Uh, and it looks sort of good for the future because I think just surviving this season was the main thing for them. I would agree with that. It's more of a rebuild, rebuild season for them. Um, obviously changing a lot of their leading staff up until, I mean, the chairman of the board and pretty much down to the, well, they changed coach as well and a lot of new players, new system, new way of uh, pre-season training and all that. So, and they did pick up pace, like you said, so it's looking really good for them, I'd say. Now, uh, you had mentioned, obviously, some surprise teams that had struggled. Um, obviously, one of the teams that was a bit surprisingly good this season uh, was, of course, Rogla having their best regular season in club history. Uh, with the Abbott brothers coach GM tandem there um, and putting together a, a fantastic season. So coming into the season, I think people expected them to do well. But did you expect them to do this well? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I mean, obviously on paper, it looked really good. But, you know, I was unsure of the goalie situation. If, if that, that would how that would translate, uh, it turned out perfectly fine uh they had uh, maybe one of the better goalie tandems in the league with uh, roman will the the czech uh, goaltender and christopher Riefalk, who who really took a nice uh, nice step in the right direction in his development and i i wouldn't be surprised if an nhl team somewhere down the road would take a look at him a long look at him because it, it seems like he has that kind of potential that might make them 
interested. So yeah, um, a Rogla for sure, and and also they were one of the most fun teams to watch. They really offensive, offensively great, and had a lot of really intriguing players. Um, uh, there was a lot of things to like with that team for sure. I'm gonna transition more to your line of work now uh, because uh, we had a question. We're having like a relay question, so our previous guest get to ask a next question, and our previous guest was Kaisa. As her question is, uh, what interview or article would be the dream for you to do? Oh, that's a really good question. Because um, you did a lot of, uh, you, you've broken news. You've, uh, I mean, you've had the whistleblower interviews with, uh, with uh, Carcillo. You've done quite a lot of amazing stuff so far. Yeah, I mean... It's it's really hard to explain, but for me, it's not like uh, you know um, an interview with a with a certain person, player, coach, GM, or whatever. It's it's more like when the thing for me that really stands out is like when you get someone to open up and really tell a, a great story or just reveal something about themselves. Um, that's usually what what turns me on when it comes to to doing a good job. So usually doesn't really matter who it is if it's someone you know if it's an nhl star if it's a player in hockey svenskan or, or whatever it's it's just you know just these few times that you really get someone to open up and and you know tell a good story about themselves and, and reveal something about themselves so it's it's i can't really say like uh um if it would be a, a certain person or player or whatever it's just a matter of you know timing and and just the sort of story that they are willing to tell. Moving on in your line of work, on a normal day, not this global pandemic weird world we're living in, what does an average day look for? Look, uh, what is an average day for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, starts at 5 a.m. doing roundups for the NHL. So. <laughs> yeah, so usually you get up pretty early unless you have been up all night watching games, which happens semi-regularly <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah so you uh, usually you go through what happened in the NHL and and you try to um, try to just go through everything and, and look what would be worthy of news so I think the first few hours you pr pretty much you're all set on the NHL and when you're done with that, you start to take a look. Okay, so what's what's going to happen this day? You uh, you I have a, a bunch of really talented uh, editors that I work with, so um, I usually have some kind of conversation with them about what's going on and what we should uh, devote ourselves to this particular day. And you try to to make like a list of things that um, that are you know um, uh, interesting right now that you feel you could do something about you know when it comes to interviews or, or just uh columns or, or whatever so it's for me it's a lot of planning uh and telling other people what to do <laughs> and then when there's time i i usually i i write columns or, or make interviews myself but uh, as an editor-in-chief there's a lot of planning and you know a lot of uh discussions going around with with my editors and and you know about what to do with the day and, and just try to get a grasp of um, 
what's going through their mind and and yeah what what we should uh focus on for the time being now uh just getting back to this season obviously um both uh Lexand and Oscar Sham kind of got a golden ticket with this whole crazy situation going on Moto and Yorklovit obviously kind of got the short end of the stick there and it has been decided obviously that Lexand and Oscar Sham will remain in the league Moto Yorklovit and Ro will remain in Allsvenskan um, and obviously that was kind of the most logical and easiest from a technical standpoint but do you believe that was the right decision it's it's really hard because basically there are no rules for for this kind of situation so uh, it's it would it would it would have been really hard to to throw these teams out of the league just because you know they finished last because there's nothing in the rules that says like the last two teams will will uh, fall out if there's a pandemic going on. So I feel really sorry for both Moto and Björklund because they had really solid teams and it felt like they would have a really good chance, both teams, to, to actually make it to the SHL. But, I mean, it's it's hard to talk about fair in a time where, you know, people are dying and people are losing their jobs and, and whatnot. I mean, I understand their fans are... are upset obviously and even more so when there several of their players are leaving their team to go to to the teams that you mentioned so obviously it's 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 easy to understand what they're upset but i, I can't really blame anyone for for taking this decision because like it is the logical thing as you mentioned i i it, it would have been hard to just uh, decide that no we, we're going to throw out oscar Salmon and lexan because that's just the way it should be so i think this is it might be the coward's way out, but I, I, I still feel that they made the right decision based on what we're dealing with here. Now, rather than throw Oscar Sham and Lexand out, do you think this might have been an opportunity to expand to 16 teams? Yeah, I think that would have been like more fair. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's it's also I think you have to take you know you have. You have this set of rules, these regulations, and uh, from what I understand, that was not, you know, something that they could accommodate for the time being. Uh, if that's just an excuse for them, because like that would have meant less money for each team, I don't know. But I, I feel like that would, in my world, that would have been more fair to have 16 teams next season. Uh, but for whatever reason, they they said they can make it work. Yeah. Well, I think. We're taking up well, a well, good chunk of your time now, and I think we're all good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah. I'll get back to you because we have another interview lined up, but I don't want to divulge that during this interview, so I'll send you a text message. Perfect. We'll do that later on this week. And yeah, we'll get a question from you to uh, pass on to our next interviewee. But uh, thank you very much, Ufa, for joining us. Um, and uh, I guess try and stay busy through the rest of the summer, even though that might be a bit challenging. <laughs> yeah, it's like going to be the longest time without hockey we have ever experienced. So it's it's going to be uh, every week. It seems like it's more and more of a challenge to just find stuff to to write about. But uh, I guess it's it's a development in a sense too. Hey, do you watch like the old games being broadcasted now? Uh, not really. I'm not a big fan of watching games where I already know who's going to win. It kind of takes away the fun for me. Uh, I like to watch games like I, I like the uncertainty and, and like if I know if I just an, 
for example, an NHL game, if I if I wake up in the morning and I happen to see the score, it's hard for me to to sit through the whole thing uh, when I know who's going to win. So um, I'm not a big fan of watching all games, actually. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, same here. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, and yes, uh, have a good summer. And hopefully we can uh, maybe get you back on the podcast uh, for next season. That would be my pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. And good luck with this. Thank Thanks so much. much. Okay, once again, a big thank you to Ufe Bodin. Uh, great interview there. Um, obviously, very knowledgeable yeah. hockey writer. Um, we talked about, obviously, the young guys that are expected to go in the draft. Uh, Alexander Holtz, Lucas Raymond, and Noel Gundler as well. And, um, yeah, so thank you very much to Ufe Bodin. Yeah, well... We'll hope to have him, have him on down the line again because, yeah, he's a reliable, reliable source of knowledge. And, yeah. Uh, we can always dip into that pool once in a while. And we've already got another two interviews lined up, so the next two episodes two? are... Well, yeah, we do. Yeah. We already have one recorded, <laughs> yeah, and do. then we've got one next week as well. Jesus. And so, yeah, well, it was funny when I posted it on Reddit, everyone asked me, like, uh, like well, there was one guy who asked, like, how did you get the interview? And it's just like, you know, once you actually are a part of kind of the hockey community it's pretty easy to reach out to people and they're very open to yeah to doing interviews and stuff which which is kind of cool and maybe something we take for granted because you know a lot of people will look at that and be like wow that's so awesome that you get to talk to all these people but let's pause on that for a while because this is an interesting topic we'll get back to the signing soon but hey we don't have any time frame um well i do actually i've got shit else to do but anyway <laughs> anyway uh because well we're both hockey everyone's a hockey fan in the uh, well when it comes to that's why we we work with the sport. And exactly. That's why we're talking about hockey. And, and once, well, I made the transition being from an actual like fans in fan in the stands with, yeah. to working and writing about hockey, and just talking to the players. I mean, every wall is just demolished. There's there are people like us, and yeah, they're exactly. so easy to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to put a, throw anyone under the bus, but compared to other sports, I think hockey players are. Well, the most easygoing people. Well, not just the most easygoing, as and like you said, don't want to like disparage other no. sports, but hockey players in general just seem to be just genuinely good people. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about the sport. Obviously, you do attract, you know, your there are a few douches, jackasses. Yeah, but most of the time, hockey players are just yeah. They're, they're I don't know. Maybe it's because they get all their aggression out on the ice. Yeah, and, but yeah, um, not only are they. Good, good people just to talk to and, you know, go and have a beer with or something. But, like, they're also very involved in their community as well. Yeah, uh, um, yeah they are. And the, the not only the community, but also their clubs, it, especially here in Sweden, with with our junior ranks being with the same club as, well, the SHL team. Yeah. They, you often see, like, players joining kids' practices and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, yeah. well, I know that... Um, um, Lin Shoping has like skate with the players kind of thing every, yeah. once, uh, every once in a while and you know the kids get to come out and skate with their heroes and and, and it's really cool and uh, actually when I was back in Canada doing commentary for the BCHL with the Merritt Centennials after every Sunday afternoon game they would have a skate with the Sense yeah. where they would have five or six of the guys from the team come out and skate and play a little game of shinny with, with the kids so yeah it's just hockey players in general seem like I guess we're a little bit biased but they, they just seem like good people. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> I'm not going to name drop, but talking to most, most NHL players I've talked to, they're so easygoing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's a thing with North American media people saying that the Swedish media gets more out of the Swedish players. 
which I mean, that's yeah, that's expected. a lang- that's a language thing. I yeah, exactly. It's a matter of being comfortable and talking, but also talking to like North American players, they're so easy to talk to, mm-hmm. and you can ask them pretty much anything. Yeah, uh, which is really cool. And we can, when we're out of content in a, like a couple of months, we can talk about that. So yeah, absolutely. But let's, let's get back to signings, movement, and we are going to the Malmo Redhawks, yeah, who they, have uh, signed uh, Oliver Lordson. Yeah, and we talked about this the other day uh, with him being rumored to sign with Malmo. It's uh, now official. It's now official. Uh, I think he signed a two-year deal. I should have pulled that up, and I did not. So I don't. I'm not going to. And he is the brother of Marcus Lordson, by the he way. He is, yeah, yeah. So that's nice. And um, I haven't a, heard. It. He's a Philly pick. Yeah, and I haven't heard because uh, the rumor is that Malmo is after Peter Regine as well, and uh, I'm not think. I don't think that'll happen anymore. But this is a nice signing for the Red Hawks, and I think they kind of secured their back end now, right? Yeah. I think they filled their spots. or well, And they're obviously looking to improve upon this season. Um, they were kind of consistently in 7th, 8th, and ninth this year. So And we talked about this before, because yeah. once they put up on the back burners, they were really, really good. They could go score 4 or 5 goals in a matter of minutes, and then just fall back. Yeah. So if they can find a consistent play... Uh, a bit raise their bar a bit they will be a good team yeah exactly and they obviously have uh, they got a new coach some pretty good goaltending as well oh yeah <laughs> uh, moving on yes and this is one of my favorite players Johannes Strinval uh, signs with the Calgary Flames but he'll be back with HP 71 this coming season yeah and he'll be the new Cody Curran you I, think I, so? yes 100% he'll score 40 plus points 100% I'm gonna hold you to that do that if he if he stays healthy, this is true. Yes, but he's got a his vision for the play is just beyond what I've seen. And he's this is his first this was his first season with HP seventy one, and he still scored uh, forty points. Forty points, yeah. Eleven goals, twenty nine assists. So um, yeah, forty five plus. Then I will raise the bar a bit more. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. Um, you know, he's only twenty two years old, and his his game has you know sky's the limit kind yes. of thing for him. And um, like you said, he has signed now with Calgary, but will be back with HV71. Um, but it would not surprise me if he spends one more season in the SHL and then becomes a mainstay on the back end for the Flames. Yeah, look at Rasmus Anderson uh, in, at, in the Flames. I mean, he just popped out of nowhere, really, yeah. coming over. And if uh, Johannes Schienval can stay, mature a bit more on the big rink, and then just, quotation marks, adapt to the smaller rink, he'll be a mainstay, like you said. He'll, he'll be... Yeah, the sky's the limit, really, and the Calgary Flames has some really nice high-end potential in Chinval there. And, uh, yeah, sorry, I had mentioned there was only two players that we had NHL news about. There's actually quite a few! Yeah! Uh, let's move on We should on mention to... that Chinval scored 21 out of his 40 points, 43, 40 points. On the man advantage? On the power play, yeah. yeah. Eight goals, 13 assists, but that's, uh, I mean, that's really good. Yeah, and he absolutely. played, I want to look at his shorthanded, actually, because I don't think he played that much... Shorthanded? No, he averaged. Well, he did average. Hang on. He averaged. What? No, I can't really figure. It. Oh, damn it! It sorted on the wrong thing. Hang on. Sorry about that. Yeah, he, he only played five seconds a game shorthanded, so he's not a big shorthanded guy. Yeah, he's but not he's a big an offensive guy. defenseman, so yeah. that doesn't really matter. So, um, like I said, more NHL news. Uh, this one's interesting interesting because Theodore Lenstrom 
played on No, you skipped uh, Lena Sandin. I skipped Lena Sandin. All right, take it away. Lena Sandin also <laughs> leaving HV71, going to the Flyers organization, yeah. not coming back. Uh, and Lena Sandin did very well for himself in this past season as well, uh, scoring, I think he was the best goal scorer in HV7, on HV71, actually. Yeah, he scored 19 goals, so yeah. uh, that's really, really good. Um, I don't know if he can slot in right well in that, like, bottom six, maybe. Yeah, but or maybe start in the AHL yeah, and be a call-up. He's a, he's a really, really versatile player, and I, I can see him playing the NHL yeah. in the future. Absolutely. And, sorry, moving on to what I was just mentioning, Theodore Lindstrom. <laughs> yes. This one's interesting, um, because he's moving over to the Oilers and getting reunited with his former teammate, Joachim Nagard. Yeah. Uh, who he played with on Farnstead. Yes. Uh, Nagard, of course, played for the Oilers this season. He got injured, actually. Um, played only Well, he played 33 games this season, but... Uh, yeah, I was out due to injury after that. He broke his hand. Did you see? Uffe Boudin posted a, a tweet. I don't know who well, he quote tweeted someone yeah. who had played NHL 20. It was like a matchup. Yeah. And Joachim Nygaard got tackled in the game and then kicked by a player and got injured. So Uffe said, boy, Joachim Nygaard can't catch a break. Gets injured <laughs> every, even here. So. But yeah, it, looks, season for it looks like Lindstrom actually is going to be starting the AHL. According to his Elite Prospects page, he's registered with the Bakersfield Condors. Which is the Oilers AHL affiliate. Yeah. So, but um, I've always liked Lindstrom's play. He's big body on the blue line, uh, pretty solid defensively. Add some offense as well at 15 points this season. Uh, get some time on the power play. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he finds success over in North America. I think he, I think he'll will if he can pick up his physical play a bit more. Yeah, he'll be a nice. Nice cornerstone. For, oh, sorry, cornerstone for the Oilers. And forward. I believe that covers all the NHL moves. Yeah. So let's I get think back so. to the SHL with Ula Palve. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Ula Palve, maybe. Um, I don't know. Palve. It's a, Palve. Yeah. Ula. It's a Finnish O U L A. Ula. Ula. I'll look into that. Ula. There's a. <laughs> don't go there. Uh, well, I don't. I can't remember if we talked about this. We said it was all but done. But he um, he signs with Linköping. Yes. Uh, on a two-year deal, I think. Um, he didn't have the best of seasons in the AHL. I think he only scored like three goals and two assists in. Yeah, quite a lot of games. Uh, Not the only move uh, Linköping made. No, as well. but let's hold on Palve for a while because he did have. A nice season in the Liga before that, scoring 51 points, I believe, yeah, in 53 games, uh, 35 of those being assists, and he has 66 assists in 103, in his 130 past games in the Liga, which is 104, sorry, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. And he adding to that uh, 20, 30 goals. Wow. No, hang on, I looked into that the wrong way. So, let me, 108 games. In his past two seasons, a uh, hundred and eleven points. It's pretty good. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but then he'll be coming here with a bit of confidence dip, I'd say. Yeah. Um, three goals and ten assists in uh, sixty games in the AHL for two teams. So that's not really good. Yeah. But then again, um, Lean Shopping has a habit of signing Finnish players. You know, history habit, so it looked. Solid. And Lynchoping also dropping goaltender Jacob Johansson, yes. which 
it's kind of a tough pill to swallow for Johansson, obviously, because he came up through the junior program in Linköping. He's been there for the past four seasons and hasn't... I mean, he hasn't been bad. No. He's been decent. Um, but obviously, Linköping are probably looking for kind of a more stable yes, du- and I, goaltender duo. And Jacob Johansson has said he wants to be... Uh, a number one. Yeah. And he won't be in Linköping with... Uh, with Gustafsson. No. We don't know what happens with Gustafsson. He still has an uh, optional year next he season. Does, okay. Yes. So things might happen, even though with Linköping dropping Johansson, I don't think they will drop Gustafsson as well. But that's not their call to make. So we'll see. Uh, there's a rumor of him signing with Tim Roy in Hockey Allsvenskan. Hmm. That might come to fruition soon. Yeah. Um, and I'll say he'll be the first choice there. Yeah. He is good in Allsvenskan. He can mature for a season and then maybe step back up to the SHL or find himself at least being a solid player in the second tier league, which is, I mean, not bad. Exactly. Now, moving on to some rumors. Yes. Jonathan Blum. Yeah, there, uh, there's a rumor for him leaving Firestad to the KHL. I haven't really looked into it more than that, but I can see it happen. Yeah. He was really good with Firestad. Absolutely. Uh, personally, I'd like to see him play in the SHL more because he's an entertaining player. It's all in the blue line, so... Would be sad to see him go, but then again, if the Russian money buys, I mean, I would as well. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and last but not least, Daniel is it Daniel Norbe? I think so. Yeah, um, there's a rumor for him signing with Bjerklaven from HB71, but yeah, nothing more than that. And I got, I do get notifications from Elite Prospect now, so I'm gonna check those Perfect. because I might have missed something. <laughs> we should also mention, um, since our last episode, we had mentioned some people who had downloaded our podcast from around the world. We had one from Albania. Yeah, welcome to the hockey world. Which, world. yeah, well, it's, it's kind of cool because obviously when you say hockey, the first country in your mind is certainly not Albania. No, but uh, that's really cool. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, and like we had mentioned last time, we had one from Australia, got some from Switzerland, France, UK, Ireland... Uh, even have one from Belfast. That's good. That's cool. I, I would love to visit Belfast. I haven't been to, well, the Irish, uh, the Ireland island. No part of it, so that would have been awesome. But Belfast seems to be a really awesome town or city, if you will. So that's really cool. Yeah, we have another couple of signings. Uh, or at least uh, one rumor and one signing. I'm going to look this one up right now. Jacob Larsen signs with uh, Oscar Sand from Björklöven. He's a D-man coming in. I don't know. I'm going to look into his stats now because I did not prepare this part. <laughs> this is just something we literally I just, just looked up. Oliver Joachim Larsen. Uh, whoa, 190 centimeters, 94 kilograms. That's a nice big body. Scoring 14 points in 46 games in Alsanskan. And obviously, Pierre Klam has still been picked yeah. out. Missing their chance of promotion. Um, we should also, well, should we move on to CHL? Because there's some changes should, being yeah. put into effect due to the whole coronavirus pandemic. Um, I think this is probably something we're going to start seeing uh, from leagues just around the world is adjusting for next season. Yeah. And this is uh, something that is a direct. Uh, this, is, this is confirmed. Yeah. And yeah. the CHL this time being the Champions Hockey League, not the, not the Canadian League, Hockey no. League. Um, and yeah, this is uh, a direct result, I guess, of the... Uh, the pandemic and the lockdown, the shutdown, and the CHL, um, they're not going to have any seating. Nope. No, you know... No group stage. No group stage. No, I guess you would call it regular season. Yeah. Um, they're going straight to the playoffs. Head-to-head, uh, aggregate scores. Yes. Winning team totally. goes on. 
So 32 games in a round of 16. No, round of 32, obviously. Um, starting on October 6th, which means they skip. That would have been their fifth game day for the season. But yeah. They, had they had the group stage, now they go straight into the playoffs, which is, I mean... And so, good I, I guess the championship will be decided before Christmas. No, I don't no. think so. I think they will just run. It just was it this season? No, was no, it? No, no, this uh, CHL championship is in February, I believe. I think it it will just go Same the length thing. of it, yeah. They just shortened it in the beginning. <sighs> With Frölunda being the four-time champions and Rogle making their first appearance. Yes. Yes, that'll be cool. That'll be very interesting. Team of the week, maybe? yeah, and our team of the week this week is a team that uh, well didn't have the best season. No, it's uh, Brinus. They had a weird season. I think I say that about every team in the bottom part of the league, but they did. Um, looking at the the <laughs> top scoring in the league, they had the fourth best scorer, which is weird. <laughs> Still managed to find themselves in who? Uh, Anton Rodin. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> he scored 46 points in 46 games. 14 goals and 32 assists. So, a point per game player there. And obviously, had he played all games, he would have had 52 points. Yeah. Um, on pace to be second overall in the league. So, obviously, he was carrying the team because uh, no one else did. Well, Greg Scott had a pretty good season from, uh, well, after returning to Brinus. Yeah. Uh, 19 goals, he led the team. Uh, 37 total points. Nicky, Nicholas Danielson, Nicky D, who uh, we talked about last episode, has extended his contract. Yeah. 35 total points. And so their top three were actually pretty decent in Rodin, Scott, and Danielson, with 46, 37, and 35 points, respectively. But that's pretty much... They they, they didn't have the depth to, no. to make them a, a solid team this year. Their big four stats were... Disappointing to say the least. Goals per game average for them was 2.54, ninth overall in the league. Goals against per game average was huge at 3.23 goals against, which was 12th overall. Yeah. Their power play struggled, 22% efficiency. Well, it's not too bad. That was middle of the pack, seventh overall. But their penalty kill was just not good. 73% efficiency on the penalty kill, which uh, was really. 12th overall in the league. And yeah, so they had a tough season. Um, I think they were banking quite a lot on Jadon Deshaino scoring more. Yeah, um, and uh, well, Ufa touched on it as well, yeah. saying, you know, I no, I don't think anybody expected him or expected the team to be, you know, a contender this year. But I don't think anybody expected the team to have this tough of a season. No. Um, Deshaino scoring eight goals and ten assists in forty-six games coming over from the German league. I mean, well, the German league isn't really in the Swedish league, but still, yeah. he had 51 points in 52 games there. So, But then again, if he adapts, find his groove. And also, they've got a new coach in Peter Anderson. We talked about that uh, well back. And uh, if they can find some sort of uh, consistency um, and raise the bar as well. Yeah. But I don't think they'll be a top 16. No, I don't think so either. But they did sign Victor Andrian, which is uh, a right. yeah. nice, nice goalie. Um, but yeah, they look more solid in the on paper. It has to transition on the ice, and they need to find more scoring. Absolutely, and they're also obviously more defense as well. So they got uh, some work to do. Brynäs um, obviously being one of the classic teams in Sweden. Well, yeah, they're second overall when it comes to SHL championships, yes. right? With thirteen, something like that. I want to say Jurgen with six, sixteen. Yeah, it's top. 
And so, yeah, Brinus obviously has a pedigree of winning. Um, and, you know, they did make some good moves, like you had mentioned this season, bringing in Jaden Deschanel. Also, I really liked uh, Jonathan Sigalette, who yeah. spent the last couple of seasons with Forlando, of course. And then bringing back Greg Scott, who used to play for them. Where was he playing while he was... A while back, I think. Yeah, he used to, he, yeah, he played three seasons for them, 2013 through 2016, before moving to the KHL for CSK Moscow. And then came back and is expected to, to, to return next season. And so Brina's bringing in some imports, some Canadians that uh, helped them out this season. But like you had mentioned, I think they were certainly expecting more out of uh, Deschanel. Brina's only had... Uh, let's see. Well, this is a weird ranking. I'm oh, and here's uh, something funny about name pronunciation. Whereas when the Swedes pronounce Deschano, they say Deschano. Where it's really? Deschano, yes. So out of the, their players, only one player played all 52 games. Who was that? Uh, Tommy Salinen. Oh. Uh, he's scoring 27 points. Uh, then they had one, two, three, four, five players 50, playing 51 games. So uh, they had a bit of a man games last season as well. Um, in total, hang on, because they do count goalies here, which is weird. One, but two, yeah, three, four, five, six, seven players played 50 games or more in a 52-game season. So yeah. that's not good. And like I mentioned, the top, other than the top three, you, you get a pretty steep drop-off when it comes to offensive production. Uh, after Anton Rudy and Greg Scott and Nicholas Danielson, you got Tommy Salonen with 27 points, Emil Moline with 26. But after that, there was yeah there was only five people on the team to break the 25-point mark this season. And, well, even the 20-point mark this season. And so when, when you're not getting offensive production from all of your lines, it's hard to do well in this league. Yeah. It's hard to do well in any league. Did they swap coach? They did. Yeah, did. They yeah. did during during season as well. I believe so. So they had a bit of uh, inconsistency in terms of coaching, in terms of play, and also with injuries. So can they just find stabilize everything? They will be better. Not saying they will be higher up in the standings because I can probably mention six or seven teams, that, or maybe eight teams, being better on paper as well. Yeah. But anyways, that is our team of the week, and we're going to have to go back and make sure we don't repeat a team of the exactly. week, because I was having trouble figuring out, because, okay, so now that's Brinus, we did Rogla, we did Jurgården, we did Becho, Lin Shoping. Lin Shoping. I can't, you, um, that's, you can look into that. Luleo, that's six, and we skipped, we skipped an episode where we didn't have a team we of the did, week, yeah. so we should have seven, eight. That's your homework. All right. Um, <laughs> because. Uh, For a lot of. Wait, did I already say problem? I don't know. I'll figure it out. That's cool. Yes. Anything else we should talk about? Video games? Hmm. Life? Rain? Well, I was going to say, we were talking about this before we started recording, but I've gotten into, like, uh, while I've been watching Netflix, just getting into documentaries. Yeah, me too. Because there's a lot of good ones. Um, the one that I've been watching is called The Last Dance, which is uh, all about Jordan. Michael yeah. Jordan yeah. and the 1990s Chicago Bulls, which is a very, very well-done, interesting documentary. They're releasing... Two episodes every two weeks, so it's not, you know, you can't just go binge the whole thing in one night. But uh, there's four episodes available right now. I think uh, the next two come out May 4th. But if you like sports documentaries, it's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's very in-depth. Because I guess during it was the 1998 season, they had a documentary crew follow the team around. So oh, they really? got some great they can footage. can just get the footage? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and so, yeah. Yeah, I've just been watching a lot of Netflix, basically, I'm playing, playing some video games. games. Yeah, I've um, gotten back into, um, well, me and my friends play, it's called Ark Survival Evolved, and it's like a, kind of like Minecraft with dinosaurs. 
Yeah, you showed me the game. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun, but it's, it's frustrating. Well, most games are. What's, the, look, what's your favorite video game of all time? Ooh. What, what, oh, rather, let's go here. Which was your first console? Oh, Xbox. No! Xbox? Man, you're young. No, uh, sorry, um, that was... No, my first console was SNES. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Mario, Donkey Kong. Um, oh, my favorite was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. I didn't play that one. Where you go back in time and fight dinosaurs. It's, it's like a side-scroller game. No. But, well, they, most of them are on SNES. But yeah, I had the SNES, and then for like Christmas 95, I think, I got N64. Was, oh yeah which was fantastic you know yeah. Perfect Dark 007 GoldenEye Perfect Dark was awesome yeah. oh, 007 GoldenEye was really good yeah there were so many good games for that console and then I moved on to Xbox and I've been an Xbox guy you've never had the Playstation not even really nope hmm. been an Xbox guy through and through from the very start what's your favorite game of all time of all you time you can say top three uh, probably Halo, the first one, Combat oh, Evolved. that's a good one. You know, I'm just going to put Halo the franchise as one. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Because Halo 1, 2, 3, and Halo Reach were all just fantastic games. They kind of fell off in quality after that. But, anyways, um, so yeah. Honestly, Grand Theft Auto V. I still, really? It came out six years ago, and I'm still playing that game online to that's this day. Because cool. they always come out with great content. And Is that six years old? Six or seven, yeah. I think it came out in 2013. So, yeah, I remember seven playing years. that on a road trip in California, so yeah, that was 2014. Jesus Christ. But yeah, I still play that game basically every day. Um, and probably Modern Warfare 2 came out in 2008. Modern Warfare 2, I played in all. Which one is the second one? What kind of multiplayer maps does that have? Do you remember? Uh, it's got the airport one. Oh, yeah. Where you can go it's fight a, yeah, in an yeah, airplane yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that when that first came out, um, me and some, some friends were living in a house together, and we had a wall of televisions and Xboxes all in the same room. So we all played on the same team and could see where each other were. In. Was yeah, that, that was fun. the game where they you could choose to play the airport massacre? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No Russian. No. But uh, yeah, so I think those would be my top three. Oh, that's cool. What about you? Uh, ooh, the top. Well, my. Uh, favorite game of all time is SSX3 for PlayStation 2. Get tricky. No, no, not the tricky one. The the game after that. Oh, I only one. ever played the original. Uh, the original isn't tricky. That's SSX. Oh, Then okay. SSX2 tricky or SSX tricky was the second one. Oh. The third one is more of an open world thing. Okay. So you basically you just have your snowboard. And, and you, you just go? Yes, and you can go free, like just free ride or then wherever you find a competition you can just go there. Hmm. And while you're snowboarding there's a dj playing music and it, it's a uh, so it, you, like like it's like you're listening through the radio and the soundtrack is awesome yeah. it's, it's so good i could get a playstation 2 just to play it again <laughs> that's awesome uh then i don't know uh i played a lot of battlefield 2 for pc back in the days was that the world war 2 one no that's battlefield 1942 no but there was another world war 2 one i think that's that was battlefield 5 dude no there was uh oh battlefield sorry i was thinking call of duty yeah yeah, uh, Battlefield 2 was really good because it opened my eyes to multiplayer, well, massive multiplayer online shooters. I always really liked Battlefield Bad Company. Yeah, because the, the, they, they had destructible terrain. Which yes, is but really that, cool. that's included in every Battlefield game now. Um, I'm a huge Donkey Kong guy for, for yep. Super Nintendo, which was really good. Um, the side scroller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that'll be my top. Yeah, three that's opinion. a game that you know, I, like they've rebooted Mario, they've rebooted Zelda. I don't. They haven't ever rebooted Donkey Kong, have they? Huh. Maybe not. They should do that. They should. Oh, I'd also like to give a uh, honorary mention to um, Ocarina of Time. Oh yeah, that's Zelda. a good game. Great, great game. Uh, my honorary mention would be Golden Island. Christina, what's your favorite video game? Perfect. Oh, there we go. Or No One Lives Forever 2, actually. What? No One Lives Forever 2, maybe. No One Lives Forever 2. Okay. You go, you go around killing Russians. It's kind of like a James Bond-ish game. Well, yeah, that's what it is. It's your, your kid Archer, which is kind of like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have like these funny dialogues you can hear if you like, sneak up on the yeah. villains. They have really funny conversations. Oh, it's yeah. Awesome. It's all a bit great. That you should. Perfect. Well, that's I think cool. that just about does it. Yeah. Um... It's a holiday here in Sweden, actually. Valborg. May 1st is like a workers' holiday, so if you're communist, you'll go out in the streets. What what does it celebrate? Uh, Fuck knows. (laughs) I don't don't, don't care. All I know, there was a very long lineup at the liquor store yesterday. Yes, because it's closed today. All liquor stores are closed today. I have one beer at home. I have three. Yeah. I had. But then then again, I have kids, so I drink one beer a week. Yeah, that's fair. But anyways, I hope everybody uh, has a good weekend. Wash your hands, stay safe. Support your local. Support local businesses as much as oh, possible. Oh, shout out to the Dropkick Murphys, by the way. All right. Who dropped one hell of a single this week or last week. What's it called? Uh, <laughs> I, I, the single itself, hang on, because it's... Oh, right, you told me. It's Mick really... Jones nicked my pudding, which Mick... is really awesome. It's uh, one of the best songs in a couple of years, which is really, really nice. Cool. All right, well... Thanks for tuning in, guys. And yeah, we've got a, another killer interview coming oh, up. I'm looking forward to for next week's that. episode, which will drop on Wednesday. Which um, is where we'll when we will record our next uh, interview. interview. Yeah. So we'll talk then. Look into our Patreon because there you can find who we'll be interview- interviewing, and we will uh, post your questions or ask your questions. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Spotify, and stay safe. See you later. <laughs>